The following program is rated MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Green flag waving for the always exciting Sheldon Hutchild. He'll bounce the right rear off the wall in turn four. Lot one for Sheldon Hutchild. Quick time! Off turn four. Quick time! Ten, zero, three, zero. Second lap time for David is quick. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Quick Time, the podcast. We are once again live on Facebook, uh, episode number six, 66, man, 66 of these damn things we've done so far. It is Nationals Week. Uh, we're going to share some national stories, talk paints games, place our picks, and there's so much more coming on the show. But first things first, let's check in with the crew. Uh, let's start with Brad. Brad, man, how, how was your week? Week was pretty good. Uh, took the camper over to Knoxville on Saturday, went to the races, uh, enjoyed the day there in Knoxville. I had to come back Sunday for some uh, things I had to do, but we're heading back Friday. Uh, my wife and I are heading back Friday, so uh, looking forward to Friday and the weekend and, and seeing the Knoxville National Championship. Uh, but the 360 Nationals was pretty fun. Definitely. Hot as hell. Hot as hell, that's <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I did not watch the 360 Nationals. I know Josh watched it from the comfort of his couch, as he always does each and every week. Couch racer. Heck yeah. Josh, man, what, what's going on? How, how was your week? Man, I loved all the racing this weekend. I had three TVs going with Iron Man, the National, the 360 Nationals, and the Belleville race, which I think we're going to talk about today. But... I mean, all in all, it was a very fun weekend of just sitting on the couch watching racing. Definitely. I, I did not go out to the racetrack this weekend. Uh, I stayed at home, played Animal Crossing on the Nintendo Switch most of the weekend with my daughter. So, <laughs> hey, that can be a lot of fun, too. It was. It was it, family time. You can't you cannot uh, take away from family time. So family is the most important thing going on. You, so are, that's you what already I did. know they grow like weeds. So enjoy while you can. Because there will be a time where she doesn't want to be with dad, but don't take it personal. Oh, she, she's already at that time. So, <laughs> yeah, it only gets worse from there then. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So let's let's roll on to things with the quick time awards. Uh, Josh, let's start with you this week. Uh, I picked the BC 39 race. The race in general, I thought, was one of the greatest races of the week. Um, watching those you know four, four guys just go head to head and right off the wall. Um, I'm always a big fan of Buddy Kofoy and... I mean, it was a very even race. I mean, nothing was dirty, and it was just all respect from each of the drivers. So it was also kind of neat to see him, you know, kiss the bricks. I don't know how true that really is. To Kyle Larson started that thing, I believe. Uh, yeah. the, the, the little bricks on the wall. I mean, it's a cool little deal that they do. I thought he would actually go out to the the track and do that. That's a long ass it, ways away from where the dirt track is, my friend. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, but all in all, I thought the event itself with the draft and with the race and the, the race before and the main race, it just was a whole lot of fun. It was something you don't see a lot, especially with the, the race before with the passing and it knocks you out of the race. But I mean, all in all, I thought it was, a, it was a great event. I definitely gave it a quick time award. What about you, Brad? How, what was, uh, what is your award for the week? As I'm trying to fly through Facebook here to share out the live feed. Well, I'm uh, one thing I've noticed is recently is some fast some guys that have been fast for a long time are but they they haven't been winning races. 
uh, are now finding speed when it's important. Uh, we talked about Rico last week on the show. Uh, Logan Schuchart, uh, he, he uh, um, just won uh, finally. Kyle Larson is now apparently back to COVID Kyle because uh, during COVID, Kyle won everything. And he this, year, Monday night. this year he's been kind of struggling and he even admitted it, but uh, COVID Kyle is back. And so um, I, I, I don't really have one person uh Shotzi, he got a win uh, in up in Rolling Wheels in New Jersey or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he and, and he got second uh, at the Cappy. So um, I'm giving those three guys they they are finding speed at the right time of the year, right before the the Knoxville Nationals. So uh, it's kind of a uh, lame pick, but to give it to three people, but that's who I'm giving it to. Well, for for my my award, I'm going to your favorite the 305 Sprint Cars. <laughs> Up at ASCII, they were the support class for the Front Row Challenge. And uh, hometown boy, Adam Gillian, picked up the win. His first win, I believe that's his first win of the year. Yep. His first win on a half mile ever. And it's just it's, it's nice to see that a, a Nebraska boy goes up there and, and picks off a win at, at one of the big, big events. I, I know it's a support class for one of the marquee events on the season, but a win's a win. Did you watch, Brad? Actually, you're going to be surprised at this. I did watch the A feature. You were texting. You said you went to the bathroom. You went out to mow your lawn. (laughs) Um, But he earned that race. Uh, He he led early, got passed, and he he had to pass the guy back, and he he earned that race. So props to Adam for for going all the way to Oski and picking up a $1,000 payday. And you'll like his comments in victory line. Well, we wish to be in a 410, Yeah, but we'll take what we get. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I have no, I have nothing. You guys, I have nothing against three hundred fives. They're just not my cup of tea. But I'm glad that uh, there was a large Nebraska contingent over there as well. That was that was yeah, pretty cool. There, there, there was cars. a little bit of a debate on Facebook about the whole deal. And there was a lot of Nebraska cars, and people were saying, "Well, our, Iowa has a lot of three hundred five sprint cars." Well, that might be the case, but they're they're the pro sprints. Yeah, so, uh, I I went and looked at the uh, the Iowa State IMCA's uh, point standings for the sprint cars. And half of the guys there are Nebraska guys. Another another quarter, another quarter of the remaining half are South Dakota guys. So there's not really a lot of They're, Iowa 305 sprint cars. Mike Hausman Jr., uh, Iowa Des Moines guy, but he travels down to Eagle every Saturday night yeah. to run a 305. Yeah, there's not a lot of 305s over there because Knox. Where are you going to run them? There's not many tracks that run them, and so Knox, you can't go to Knoxville. So uh, yeah, there's not a lot of 305s. There's those pro sprints, like you said, that and they're a bigger motor than. So a yeah, I was saying, what is the difference between the pro sprints you know, and the IMCA? We had Matthew Stelzer on a few two years, years ago, a couple yeah. of years, years ago, ago. Yeah. and he told us the difference. But right now, I can't tell you the difference. It, it, the motor's different. It, it's bigger. Um, other than that, I'm not really able to tell you something about a wet sump system yeah. or a dry sump can system. They, can they do I, more I to the motor then as they can with the IMCA? I don't know. I'm not a mechanic. Well, that's, that's, that's a, why I was asking. Brandon. Well, that, that's a good question. I, I I don't know if they're they're sealed like uh, like the 305s are or the crates are. So um, they tried crates, but then they moved it up to the pro sprint. So it's even a different motor over the crates. So. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, there's not a lot of 305s over there. If there was a lot of 305s in Iowa, then Denison would be full fields, and and they're only getting about 12 cars there, and six of those are from Nebraska. So there's just not a lot of 305s. And so Terry McCarl got a, a good field there for the number of cars that he had to pick from. So And another shout-out with Adam. He brought three cars up with him that yeah. night. So he yeah. brought his car, uh, Ryan Kitchen's car, and he uh, hauled Derek Crawl's car up there. So. Pulling three cars up there, that's not cheap on the diesel fuel. So hats off to Adam. He ate up that $1,000 paycheck. Real how, how quick. Did, now, Ryan Ryan Kitchen, he doesn't race weekly, right? No, he's he's jumped in Adam's backup car maybe the last 
three weeks here and there. Right. So just to get ready, maybe for what the three hundred five nationals. I don't know. Just race. Just probably. If just you have the race. opportunity to race, you're going to race. Yep. That's true. Definitely. Yes, sir. So let's move on. Lots of racing going on this past weekend. You know, you touched on the BC thirty nine, Josh. Let's mm-hmm. let's kick off with that. Buddy Kofoid picked the win or picked up the win. I think you picked him. Mm-hmm. I think yep. most everybody here picked him for the win. But what surprised me towards the end of that were the top three cars that they had. It was a slide fest, mm-hmm. but they were all clean sliders. Everybody had an opportunity to throw that dirty slider for the win, but they, they raced with a lot of respect out there on the, the closing laps of that race. When everybody gave everybody room, it's not like you just pinched somebody up against the wall. You, you knew they were there, so you didn't really push the envelope because you knew the next turn that you never know what could happen then. Yeah, we were texting about this back and forth, and we all mentioned that it was it was a clean slider race. There was no dirty sliders, and Buddy to to put that right wheel up on the on the wall, literally around uh, coming out of four, and then just shot yeah. down the front stretch was amazing and and very impressive. But uh, yeah, I was really impressed with the whole race. That it was it was clean sliders and very exciting, and that was a cool event. Well, that was your quick line was off the wall. I mean, even yep. in one and two, you almost didn't even know where the wall was because they would put that right rear right on there and you would just shoot off it like a rocket down the back stretch. Yep. That's definitely one race I, w- I would love to go to. The fact that it's in Indy, it's in the middle of the big, ra- big track, yep. and it was a hell of a race. So the one thing I did here today, I talked to uh, Kevin Cruz with Trey, and he said he was at the race. He said the one thing... He, besides the fact that he liked to race and stuff like that, the environment around the track, like away from the track, is pretty sketchy. He said that you you get a mile away from the it's track. In the hood. And it's, it's in it's the, the hood. It's in the hood, right. And he said it's just not, he goes, it's a fun race to go to. It's the weirdest thing to pull in, and you got gated security just to park to go sit in the stands. Yeah, it's if you've ever been there, it's you've, not. The jo- you can tell Josh there. does not go to a lot of racetracks, let alone a lot of <laughs> sketchy racetracks. Yeah. Hey, dude, I, when we went down to, to completely off topic here, when we went down to uh, Little Rock for the I thirty for Short Track Nationals, me and Mike Peterson, we stayed in some of the sketchiest neighborhoods out there, and the tracks on the edge of edge of Little Rock, but where the hotels are, it was, it was sketchy. So, I mean, you can tell that you do not go out to those sketchy, uh, sketchy there, ass there's, places. There's drivers that tell stories about sitting in drive throughs right in the area, getting robbed. Uh, it, it's not a good place to go. You got to do it during the daylight because you don't want to do it at night. Well, see, and that's what Kevin said. He also said that he went to get gas after one of the races and, uh, a guy come up to him he's like, my car, it don't work. Not can my you, problem, bud. Can you Move help along. Can you help me? And Kevin's like, no, I can't help you. It was just Kevin. And the guy came back and he goes, please help me. My car, it's over on the side of the building. Kevin's like, no, I'm not going to help you. (laughs) So he pulls away from the gas station thinking, you know, I don't know. And then all of a sudden this one guy comes and walks up next to that other guy and they go on the side of the building. He pulls by the side of the building. There's no car there. He goes, he goes, I was warned that do not leave your car because they will jack your car. They will take it. And he's like, there was a weird, he goes, it just hit my stomach. Like, oh my gosh, what just happened type thing. But I mean, does it have a lot to do with the tracks and where they're built? Like some of these ones, they're kind of built in the older developments, maybe? Well, when Indy was built, I'm sure it wasn't the, the, the darkest part of Indianapolis. So it's just what develops around it. You go to uh, football stadiums and stuff, they're in the sketchiest yeah. part of town. That's uh, very true. Um, so it just, I think it just, the it was the cool place to live. And then the people just started to, to flow away and uh, subdivisions started to be built and so forth. So uh, I think it just it is what it is. So well, I know they said the same thing when me and Nate went down to the shootout that it's 
it's around the okay part of town, yeah. you know, but like, I mean, I've been to football stadiums, so I've been to, I'm sure you've been to Oklahoma, you know, it's a, not a, a high class type area that's around the stadium, but Oklahoma. Yeah. It's on campus. Well, but you get away from like shortly away from campus. It's not. I'm thinking Miami <laughs> <laughs> hurricanes. So yeah, it's a, I, I've been, been to gasoline alley. Mm-hmm. That's a, uh, during the daytime. Okay. But people are getting robbed there all the time too. So, oh, wow. um, but, so, so Brandon Williams Grove, where's that at? Like what part of town? I don't know. I, didn't, I went to the racetrack. I didn't go into town. So way out, way out in the country. <laughs> it's way out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Uh, abandoned well, see, amusement park right about across, the, across the But track. now, back to your story with Kevin. Sorry, I was dealing with a camera issue. We're not running our normal camera here on, on the Facebook live feed. So if it cuts out, it cuts out. Hopefully we still have audio. I really don't give a shit. But if I was, if I was Kevin, I'd be like, yeah, my friend Smith and Weston can help you out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they've been told that before. <laughs> so moving on, let's talk about boring-ass Belleville. What? I, I, I tuned in hmm. for a very brief bit during the feature. And in my opinion, the worst track a 305 can race at is a big half mile. And I didn't stick around long to watch a lot of it. So I'm out on I, I didn't stick. Uh, I didn't stick around either. It was everybody talks about how great Belleville is. It's fast. It's yes, fast. It's very fast. Yes, it's fast. That's it. It was that way with the midgets. It was that way with the, uh, the 305s this weekend. Shout out to Ty Williams on picking up the win. Uh, we had exactly. him on earlier. He's picked up two of the three, two of the, what I want to say are the three crown jewel 305 events. Yeah. The I-70 305 Nationals, this race, and then the Eagle Nationals. And he was fast, too, at the 305 race. And it wasn't like he didn't earn. I mean, granted, the guy got, what, DQ'd? Yeah, so Steve Richardson, Richardson was involved in a lap one caution, restarted after a little bit of time in the work area in 22nd, took the lead on the white flag lap. Pulled up light to the scales. Any idea how light? I that it doesn't I don't matter, know. but the light's light. Know. Yeah. So talking to Stan Caesar, he was announcing the race out there. He he went up twice one way and twice the other way just to hit the scales in different directions and came up light every single time. Yeah. So wow, that would that would be costly horrible. mistake. But, but what what we were saying with with Belleville, it's fast. The midgets were fast. Uh, Brad, did you go to the Outlaws show out there? And the Outlaws, uh, they were extremely fast, they were, but it the, was all single file. After after you qualifying, you saw what you wanted to see: yep. cars hauling ass. Yep. Yeah, you go to Belleville for the speed, not not necessarily the racing. That's for sure. Well, and it was my first time really watching Belleville, and I think I was texting you guys. I'm like. The guy gets in the lead, and it's pretty much their heat race is over. I mean, yep. he's, you're not going to get a guy coming from fourth or fifth to challenge because he can't make up enough time based on the size of that track, especially with all the momentum. Well, Steve Richardson, if he was 10 pounds light, I could see it. But if it was like one pound light, uh, it's unfortunate you're taking such a master, massive uh, awesome drive away from his win total because he's light, but rules are rules. Don't get me wrong, but it sucks that he went from the back to the front and, uh, passed everybody and, uh, got DQ'd for it. But if it was a huge disadvantage, then or a huge advantage because he was really light, then that's one thing. But when it was super dusty, I know Brandon texted, he's like, there's a spin out and I don't know who's involved cause I can't even see it. I was like, that's about right. <laughs> that's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just one of those weird deals. I mean, tires. I mean, if you look at the late models, they raced out there on the big track. On well, the super late models, had a big race out there. They ran night one on the big track, and it was a dust bowl eating up tires. So they moved to the little track. Little track, yeah. That track out there, it's it's not what it used to be. 
it's just too damn big right now yeah. for, for, for basically every kind of car out there. Just, well, it, just it, not produce good racing. I, I mean, the, the event is great. The prestige of Belleville, of winning at Belleville is still there. But the racing is follow the leader. It's just it's not exciting. Well, if you pre- prepping the track is an art. And if they're only doing two or three races a year, it's really hard to perfect your art if you're – if you're not, if you don't get to practice it very often, I mean, the Kaziskis are out there weekly. I praise I-80 all the time and it's deserving because they rarely miss the track. They know how to prepare their racetrack. The Duncans at Knoxville, they know how to prepare their racetrack. Um, and if you're only doing it two, three, four times a year, it's really hard to perfect your, your, your art if you're not, uh, not getting to practice it. And so uh, it's easy to have a really dry, slick track, and that seems to be what their, their problem is, and, and that leads to bad racing and eating up tires and all that stuff. Well, do they even run a weekly series out of no. Belleville? No, no, it's just no. specials only. It's so. three or four races a year. So it's really, year. truly only yeah. used a couple times. So, but when you bring up I-80 in Knoxville, like you said, they're great prepped tracks, but you get way more racing action than you do. It seems like at Belleville. Cause I never felt like at I 80 that they would get away like that. And it would just, it just is what it is. And it at Knoxville, we all say the same thing that they get one or two laps into the race and it's, you know, it's kind of spread out by then, but I've never seen it like I did at Belleville. That just blew me away. Yeah, I, I, we had J.J. Riggins on the show a few weeks back, and he said that after two laps, the races is over in Knoxville. I disagree. I've seen a lot of great races at Knoxville. But, uh, but yeah, uh, the heat races tend to uh, get strung out in a short amount of time, and then it's just uh, follow the leader in the heat races. But once the track gets widened out, you get an up, a top groove, low groove, and a lot of times in the a slick in the middle, and they it's a great race. So, uh, um, yeah, they, they got it figured out, or the Duncans do. Uh, it's just Belleville needs to, I guess, figure it out. Maybe run a weekly series or something. I, I just, I don't know. What, the what, what could you do to the track? You couldn't make it smaller. Well, they did. They by making it that small track on the inside. So small track almost looks like you're, it. You're not going to re- reconfigure uh, Belleville without like that, uh, no. spending millions of dollars. So, right. Speaking of the Duncans and Knoxville, the 360 Nationals were this past weekend, and I think we were uh, we all picked the winner, Aaron Reitzel, mm-hmm. taking home the 30k. Did we all pick it? I thought uh, somebody mm-hmm. picked Anthony mm-hmm. Macri. Oh, I did pick Macri. Yeah, I will so, take that. Uh, fuck off, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a big Macri fan, but I think there were just too many factors uh, against him to to win that race. Uh, he has a race there only a handful of times. He's in a new car. Um, Knoxville is a humbling track, and very uh, humbling as one young 15 year old found out this week. And we'll yeah, talk about Brandon that. didn't want to talk about it this week. He's like, I had enough. I think we talk <laughs> about it, but how we might as well talk about it now. Ryan Timms, he uh, he's a great great kid, young. He's got a lot to learn. But uh, I think, it, again, it's just a humbling place to race. And you could be on your game at I-80 and Houston's, but it's a different ball game when you show up at Knoxville, and, and Ryan Timms proved it. Saturday night in his D feature, he just looked extremely loose. The set, they missed the setup. He, he couldn't, his car would not stick to the ground. His ass in was skidding all over the track. So he, uh, he just missed the setup. And then he goes to Oski. And I think another thing with Ryan, uh, Tim's, I don't think he's intimidated or afraid to race anybody. I think what, uh, what's uh, going on is those two races, those two events had some top caliber drivers in it. You go to Houston's, they have five, six really good drivers. 
And uh, so if he starts fifth or sixth, you have a good chance of winning. But uh, here at, at Knoxville and at the at the Cappy, uh, he didn't race the Cappy, but at the 360s and then over at Oski, there was some great talent there. And, and he's just trying to figure things out. He's got He's going to make it, but it's just uh, he's still young and green right now. Josh and I were talking about that a little bit while we were debating. I don't know if we we're going to even bring it up on the show today is, yeah, he goes out and dominates at Jackson, dominates at Houston's. That's a weekly show, weekly competition. Nothing against those guys. They can all kick all our asses day in and day out. But when you roll in Knoxville, when you got guys like Schatz, Kyle Larson, uh, Reitzel, Macri, it's a whole different ballgame with that level of competition. And it's going to take time. He yep. needs laps. He's going to learn. He's not a bad racer. No. No, and I remember back in the day when Lance DeWeese came to uh, Knoxville for the first time and him tearing up his car in, that, in the backstretch, all the way down the backstretch, and all that was left was basically the frame. So, I mean, in a way, yeah, he didn't tear anything up, but I think my question I posed to you guys was, is he racing any different because he's now under the spotlight more by being at these events to, to prove that he belongs there? I don't think so. I, don't think, so. I, I think if, if he was if he was doing that, um, he, he goes, if he had any questions about his talents and so forth, dad wouldn't be racing him on the road all over the country. He's been to Pennsylvania and back Ohio. Um, He's just green, and he's gonna. It's gonna take some time to learn. I mean, that race up at Houston's that uh, he took uh, Henderson out. If he would have wait, in my opinion, if he would have waited till turn three, he would have made that pass cleanly and won that race. But he would got impatient, and he took uh, Henderson out coming out of two. I think that it's just a matter of seat time, and he's gonna get it. Dad's gonna get more setup um, setup experience and uh, they'll it's, but it's just going to take seat time and he'll they'll get it he's he's too fast and I just don't think he's afraid I don't think he's intimidated uh, you don't go to Pennsylvania and be t- be intimidated uh, and you don't race against the best and be int- intimidated the kid's a gasser he just needs more seat time well and I think a good example of what you just said was was it the at the Oskaloosa race those guys would come out of turn two and you wouldn't pinch the guy. You knew he was there, so you you gave him that space. And like Larson would do that, you kept waiting. Oh, Larson just just pass him already. And it's like, no, he's not going to take him out. He's going to do it the right way. I mean, that's what I mean. When you say you don't have to pass him that turn, you could have got him the next turn. You're that fast. Yeah. Why do you need to do it now? He was just impatient and wanting. To, he just wanted to win. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> just wanted shit. To win. I wanted to win. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, he just wanted to win. Um, and, but like I said before, he'll get it. It's just uh, going to take some seat time. All right. Besides Tim's, anything else? Hello, cat. Cat. <laughs> besides Tim's, did anything else stick out to you and uh, with the 360 Nationals? Um, yeah. The uh, Kyle Larson was not Kyle Larson. Um, Kyle Larson was never a factor in in the race. He uh, and it was a surprise because. Uh, Paul Silva has won many races there with Shane Stewart and uh, um, but again Knoxville's humbling even for the best and uh, um, Reitzel kind of all suspected Reitzel to to win and he dominated that feature Um, although Sam I can't ever remember his name Heffertip 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 he was coming he was coming uh, but it was a 30 lap race so uh, he had he had time he was coming to, to get Aaron that just ran out of time Josh, what about you? Wait, what happened? The, the 360 Nationals, your opinion. <laughs> Did anything else stick out to you with that race? Uh, the main thing that stuck out to me is it just overall was a good race. I mean, the 
the A main. I'm trying to remember the the main night. So like the right right to let every lap for a fifteen thousand right, dollar bonus. Haverteef was catching him. Yeah, I, how many? How many? Fifteen. Fifteen thousand. So he walked away with forty five grand. Thirty thousand. I thought somewhere they said Tyler Corden. To win no, I thought it was thirty to win. No, it was fifteen no. to win and fifteen thousand lap money bonus. Is it was a thousand dollars a lap? They yeah. took it away from the four ten race and put it in the three sixty race. Google it. It's on there. Fifteen thousand to win. What's this is Google? <laughs> I get my news yeah. from Facebook. But I thought I heard Tyler Courtney led a lap, like the no. first lap. You he didn't, did not. You didn't hear right. Hmm. No. Aaron. Aaron got all Hank, thirty. Hank believes me. <laughs> I don't even think Courtney was in the uh, up there. I don't, I don't know. So moving on to Sunday night. I labeled it as a crappy cappy recap just because I like the way it rammed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you think of the cappy? I, 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 honestly, I didn't know who won until I, I had to look it up on Monday morning. I, I did not pay one single bit of attention to this race. There wasn't much to it. I mean, it wasn't Logan won, but it wasn't like a. Hey, Brad, there's Brett Marks. Big He's running tonight. Brad's all excited. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't well, say it was a guy. Great. I thought it was a pretty good race. Uh, Shots uh, was given Shukart a run for his money towards the last five laps or whatever. Shukart took off and left uh, Shotzi, but uh, I thought uh, the middle stages of the race was pretty impressive. Uh, Shots, it was cool to see Shots getting fast at Knoxville uh, this time of year. I'm not a Shots fan, but it, it's it's sad to see him struggle the last three years since he got in the Ford Motor. Um, he's too good to be winning only two or three races a year. So uh, I I wouldn't be upset if he wins another Knoxville Nationals. I would rather not see that. But uh, <laughs> if he does, he does. But it's it's uh, he's finding speed at the right time of the year. Uh, he's He's been fast the last three or four races, finishing up in the top three or four. So he's finding speed at the right time. So uh, I thought it was a good race. I didn't think it was a great race. But uh, uh, Schuchert's another one. I'm glad he's finding speed too because uh, – uh, um, he's been struggling this whole year. I just when when uh, Jacob Allen is beating you more times than not, that's that's uh, says that you're really struggling. Well, and even the Donnie Shot thing. I was listening to KNIA on the way home tonight, and he said he goes he goes I, I would like to see other drivers have to go through what he's gone through with this whole motor program. Because even at he was asked, you know, is it is it getting better? And he goes, you know, there are times that we feel like we've got it, and that but it's like one step forward, two steps back. And it's a lot. It sounds like it's a lot of miscommunication between either the builder and the driver or the crew chief. It's something is amiss. He kept saying that mm-hmm. it just, something isn't going right. And so it's, we feel like we're just spinning our wheels, which like you said, it, yeah. it, it kind of feels like they are when you watch them because they're either really good or they're yeah. middle of the pack. And he's, he's said in several interviews that they just can't, they have the power, they just can't get it to the ground. And remember when he was in the Chevy, he, he, he ran the middle of the track better than anybody, and they just can't do that anymore. He just, he just can't do that. So When I even um, said that the other night, on the Cappy night, I was like, oh, here he is, we're on the middle line. This is the shots line right here, and this is what he wins it on. And it didn't last the whole time. They're spending a lot of money on Fords, and uh, there's a reason that Fords come and go. They just... Nobody's been able to figure them out. And, yeah, Casey Luna Ford uh, did well with their Ford. But uh, once they retired, uh, all Ford motors stopped. And Roush just came out with Fords for a few years. And they started to make some ground. And then, then Roush got out of it, and nobody bought them. So the Chevys are the motor you got to have. And uh, um, well, and Wrights will run Toyota, right? Toyota's coming around. Yoda's. Yeah. Yep. You think, you think that, I feel like they're almost, based on what you see with Wrights, they might be – 
at the same level as Ford is throughout all these years they've been trying. Well, in the 360, but in the 410, they're they're really inconsistent. They they have very few uh, wins in a 410. The 360, they've they're doing well with that. But uh, um, just watch, uh, Reitzel's not been very. He, he's probably the strongest Toyota out there. Who, and he's who else really, runs to you know? Who um, else runs it? At at times, Selzy, uh, Geo has done it. Uh, the, one of the Roth cars has the Toyota. Matson. I don't. I don't think both of them do. I think just. Uh, I, no, I think it's Matson that's running yeah, the Toyota. I think, I think uh, McFadden's running a, his a normal Chevy. Yeah. So there's very few out there, and they're doing R and D, but uh, they're 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 getting close. But I mean, they're they're about where Shots is right now. They're running fifth through seventh. And they have three or four teams that run it, and Ford has Donnie. Yeah. Is that it? That's it that runs for That's right? the only yeah, one. That's Ouch. the only one. Because wasn't it when Tony Stewart had a, a two-car team, right? He doesn't have that anymore. Did they run Fords in both cars? No. That was before the Fords came on board. Oh, I see. All right, so moving on, uh, let's talk the front row challenge. Uh, we mentioned the 305 portion, but let's talk about the big boys, the 410s. Uh, Kyle Larson, um, I don't know the way he got past Macedo there. Just... <laughs> <laughs> he was in a different zip code once he yeah, got by right. him. He left him, too. I thought uh, Larson kind of pinched Macedo a little bit uh, in, in one and two, but but they all do that. There was no contact made. Um, yeah, Larson Larson finally did what Larson does, and uh, he he took care of business. I thought it was a really good race. Uh, usually you don't see good races at Oski. And, uh, usually, I've never seen yeah. a good race at Oski. It, it, it's a... Uh, um, but you, but they did good. Uh, I mean, this Macedo, race was great. Yeah, this, this race this was, was great. Yeah, yeah, and and the Macri. I mean, he made it. He made it super competitive, like a three car battle. And I've kind of felt like Carson fell asleep. Like it was, I'm out in the front, no one's catching me. But then all of a sudden, in one lap, gone. And it it was like Larson left. Well, him behind. when you're when you're leading, you don't know where the other guys are running. So. Well, that's true, but. And I did, he got kind of bottled up a little bit with some a couple lap cars yeah. too. So, but yeah, when Kyle got by him, Kyle was gone. What'd you think of the foot race? <laughs> Brian I Brown, thought... Brian Brown throwing out a red flag there in the heat race one. They did the foot race before because uh, I got a yeah. message from PJ Peterson asking if I had any photos from it, and I had to dig all the way back to 2011. Really? And that's Who was the, that, it? Uh, it was Gravel, Dob Meyer, and I don't know some other fucking people. <laughs> But, I'm, but it, was, I, it was one of the years that we went. So they yeah. used to do this foot race. Yeah. And, and this year they brought it back because of the tire shortages. Didn't want to run tires for the King of the Hill race, which I understand. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I thought it was entertaining, but uh, it was kind of cheesy at the same time. It helped having Wade, Wade Unger helping out there with the commentary. That was made it a little more comical to listen to. Yeah, I agree, Brandon, with cheesiness. Uh, I liked it. It was kind of entertaining, but <laughs> these grown-ass men running <laughs> – 30, 30 hey, yards to, to try Macedo to see. Macedo looks like a, like, a, like a sprinter. Did he have to go see you for treatment afterwards? Because, yeah. uh, I mean, that's right up your alley. Yeah. yeah. When Brown fell down, Brad's like, I know it's wrong. <laughs> I don't know how Brown got second in that race. He didn't even cross the damn finish line. I, no, he didn't. I believe his hand crossed his the hand damn line. I believe the uh, hand did. Yeah. Did he jump or something? Is that what he, he dove. Just, he, he, just he, dove. he did dove. I thought he fell. No, he dove. Reason. Like sliding into second. He just dove. Yeah. yeah. Then Josh goes, what if somebody got hurt? <laughs> your dumbass yeah. got hurt. I mean, then I mentioned that that the uh, that's why they don't do softball games anymore yeah, at their nationals. Because right. uh, was it Madsen broke his leg or broke his ankle or something like that one year? Uh, I don't remember. I, I remember somebody getting hurt yeah. big time. But you know, I, I thought it was it was entertaining. It would have been better suited if they were actually had like maybe track prep going on or or something like that to kill downtime and not stop everything for it. If that makes sense. 
Yeah. Well, and didn't the front row challenge used to be where the top two cars got option to start in the front row or start in the back? Yeah. Is that yeah. not what it is anymore? It's not that. No. To me, then why are you the, calling it the front row challenge? Because it's a name. It's just hmm. been. It's been that. It, yeah. It it's been that. that name since day one, and people quit. I mean, the the front row challenges stopped because what it was no, five, nobody would take the challenge because it was five grand to win, right? And it was twenty or something like that when you started from the back. Uh, it was like twenty five to win and and fifty if you go to the back. And only one person done it. And only one wild child, done Jack Hotshield. And that was an impressive run. That was <laughs> that was badass. So so many of them have had the option up to the, a certain point, and they all turn it down just because the cars are too even anymore, and the track prep is it's got to be spot on. The conditions have got to be just right, and plus you got to catch a couple of yellows, and uh, so nobody does it anymore. There's been some bargaining, like, hey, if I get to tenth, you give me ten thousand dollars. If I get to Fifth, you give me fifteen thousand or a little wheeling dealing, yeah. but the insurance company that insurance that praise that purse says, doesn't like that. Yeah, insurance company says absolutely not. <laughs> so that's the other thing that Shots brought up is that he feels that the Nationals, you're never going to see again, like somebody come from the C or no. the or the back of the B no. to win this because the cars are pretty even and the drivers are just nobody that nobody in the light, in the history of the Nationals has came from the back of the B to win it. Yeah. There's only been one guy to come from the B to win it, and that's Shots. What about Wolfgang? I thought he did one year. He didn't win it? He's done the alphabet. There's the, the a, alphabet a has card. been like the coming from the D, D and the C, and, the and those are always fun to watch, mm -hmm. but they they are out of gas by the time they get to the A. <laughs> so that's a, that's a big undertaking. I mean, you got to figure there's 110 cars there, and the best 24 cars are there, and you right. have to come that's start true. 24th and try to pass them yeah, on a half mile. It just, uh, it just is impossible to do, so... Yeah, it's just those front row challenges are pretty much history. Yeah, so uh, they are. They kind of are. Um, what What are your thoughts about bringing back the ultimate challenge with the USAC guys? Well, there's a reason it's not there, and that's because uh, I mean, you just didn't get a lot of car support and the people. And I, I have an idea support. for that. I don't know if it'll work. Don't really care. I'm not really a fan of the Cappy on su Sunday nights at uh -huh. at, at uh, Knoxville. I mean, it's a great tune up. I would like to see something like the Silver Crown cars out there on on, on a Sunday night. Uh, run your 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 uh, wingless sprint cars at Oski. Get rid of the kind of the front row challenge, and then have a midget race somewhere in the area. Like uh, Osceola, Iowa has uh, Cedar Creek Speedway. I think it's called. It's a little. It's a smaller one. It's forty five minutes outside of Knoxville. And, but bring the USAC guys in there. But have all three divisions. I, I don't know if it would bring cars. I don't. I I don't know. But I think it'd be kind of cool. That way, you come in there, you get to see the three sixty nationals. You get to see all three divisions of the of the uh, USAC guys, and then knock uh, and then wrap up the week with the uh, the four tens. I agree with you that it would be cool, but there's there's a reason that's not happening. There, yeah, yeah, I know there's a reason. And it's not my money. I'm not put on the damn race. Terry <laughs> wasn't making any money on that show, right. so uh, they they had to drop it. And, and so, he had a hard time getting cars yeah. to come to the race. And and I think that the hard time getting cars is because you're running a one off sprint car show. Yeah, one but if you're running maybe all three series, you're getting guys that would come in and stay there and. They get a race for more than just that one night. Yeah, they got to come from Indiana for one race. That's a long ways to go. So, um, I love non-wing racing, but uh, um, yeah, it just it, it doesn't work in 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 Iowa. Just uh, not a lot of support. Well, in that quarter midget track, or right quarter midget track, English have, Creek, English Creek. Why don't like Larson's son and Bush's son? They why did. Don't those guys from they Hillbrush, have. They have. 
But I mean, to me, you could build that up to kind of take over the Tuesday night race, really? which they race on Tuesday night. But from a racing fan, and I'm I haven't been to English Creek ever. <laughs> I, I've never been. I've never I'm, been there. I'm not, so gonna, I'm not gonna go. I don't care to watch go. See, I, I had a, I, I asked a question. I had to throw out a text message. I'm like, how big is that racetrack? Can you run a midget there? Because I mean, I'm thinking that's 15 minutes right yeah. outside Knoxville, and having a midget race there would be badass. It's a little small for a midget, from what yeah. I hear. Yeah. And and there's no lure for me to go. I I don't. I don't care to go. I've had the opportunity to go, but I. You said it last week. You just like to hang out at the campground and walk the midway. <laughs> and, and then he left. He, he was sitting there texting us that he had sweets from Pella. I was like, wait, I thought you've only been there once to Pella. And he's like, oh, I'm going back. <laughs> and now I am. I went to that bakery and that bakery is awesome. We yeah, had Nate we, said it's good. we spent 35 bucks on baked goods and man alive. That stuff is awesome. You spent $35 on baked goods. What'd you get your wife? Cause I know you probably ate all that damn stuff. No, we all ate it, man. Actually, we still have some cookies at the house right now. And, Jeez. and uh, I think we're going back on Saturday because man, the line was unbelievable to get into this place, but man, the baked goods were the cherry turnover was <laughs> solid. Well, that's what my brother said. He said it's because we never really went to Pella when I went. And he's like, he goes, yeah, we go every year. We just drive up there like on Wednesday morning or Thursday morning and go get stuff. And it's, it lasts you all week. And he said, it's just unbelievably good. Yeah, it was, it was delicious. One of the last topics about the front row is why was Macedo the only full-time outlaw running there? I don't understand well, the, the exemption. The of reason that's got. on there is because Josh asked the question. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't understand. First of all, I know the Sheldon Hodenchild was going to, but backed out the last minute. They're they're a crew member light, so they don't have. Did somebody get suspended? No, he didn't get suspended. <laughs> he just quit and moved on. But um, they were going to do it last minute. They bailed out. So I don't know. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, what's the exemption? It, it's forty-eight hours. And, uh, yeah, an and I, race I, that and I think and just ask permission. Yeah, yeah. You, for yeah, that you race, get permission yeah. from the outlaws to do it. And and Macedo clearly did not have his Knoxville car. The wing was all dented up. It was it was an older car, and so if they tore it up, it wasn't going to be detrimental to their Knoxville Nationals. So yeah, I was. I don't know why Macedo was the only outlaw running, but uh, they still had a pretty solid. I mean, there's cars. There, there's always been a few, a handful of guys, outlaw guys that run that. I mean, I've seen Sweet running a couple times. Yeah, shots I believe only ran it once, maybe twice. So I mean, yeah. you don't you don't get the the ten to fifteen outlaws out there running that running that race. Not anymore. Well, I'm surprised you don't make it as a, like an an ASCS race. They or, did that, and it still didn't work. Nobody showed up. Nobody showed up. <laughs> Nobody showed up. Seriously, the the, the wow. half the fan half the stands are empty when the ASCS shows yeah, up. Yeah, they want they want four times. They want yep. big boys. Yep. Hmm. Well, maybe the all stars. Why don't you get the all stars to come out? Well, you, you're paying a lot of money to have the same thirty cars show up that were there Saturday or oh, Monday. That's true. And, I mean, it had a good crowd as far as oh, they do. Attendance. I was I was pretty shocked at well, how I think with with Terry you're gonna get 35 cars there whether you have the all-stars there or not and plus the all most of the all-stars are going to be at the Knoxville Nationals so you're saving yourself whatever their sanction fee is and they're they're still going to show up so yeah uh, I wouldn't do it either it felt like Knoxville with Tony Bacco and doing the call like I like I thought I was at Knoxville listening to it didn't look like Knoxville on the racetrack that's for damn sure <laughs> all right let's take a quick break guys we'll be back uh wrap things up here with uh with little national stock and welcome to the Amazing Pizza Machine, Omaha's award-winning play and buffet experience. With over 60,000 square feet of indoor food and fun. First, feast your eyes on this. Our amazing buffet is packed full of delicious choices and is super convenient for families, groups, and folks of all ages. 
Yes, pizza is our middle name, but our unlimited buffet has so much more. And for the 21 and older club, we serve beer and wine available by the glass. Our amazing arcade is one of the largest in the Midwest and is something for all ages, with over 170 of the latest and greatest video and arcade games, as well as rides and attractions. Voted Omaha's best family entertainment center and best place for birthday parties, the amazing pizza machine is the perfect destination for any celebration, and we hope to see you soon. Get your tickets now for the biggest races of the year at Knoxville Raceway. It all begins with four straight nights of sprint car racing action. Thursday, August 4th through Sunday, August 7th, it's the 32nd Annual 360 Knoxville Nationals presented by Great Southern Bank. And then on Sunday night, August 7th, it's the Extreme, powered by Mediacom Capitani Classic, presented by Great Southern Bank. And it all leads into the 61st Knox Energy Drink Knoxville Nationals presented by Casey's. Get your tickets online now at KnoxvilleRaceway.com. Join Stars photographer B.A. and Off-Ice official Gene Cotter for Thunderstruck, the unofficial Lincoln Stars podcast. We'll be talking with your favorite Lincoln Stars players, coaches, and alumni. Oh, it was a great night, yeah. Beat, beat them in their own rink just before the buzzer. It was something special for sure. I don't, I don't want to call it a surprise because I knew that there was uh, a great rich history for hockey here in Lincoln, but uh, I was I was really happy to see the fans come back in droves and, and be such a great supporter for us. I might have to throw my roommate on the bus. Uh-oh. I think Sato doesn't have the best tape jobs. He actually just spray-painted all his sticks white um, on the bottom of them. I think uh, he's copying some, some NHL or he's looking up to, but I don't know. I think it's dusty. I think a lot of guys think it's sick, though. <laughs> to let him in penalty minutes, back before they handed out those little 10-minute wussy misconducts on everything, with 265, <laughs> Thunderstruck the podcast all season long, right here on the Anchor app or wherever you find your favorite podcast. You've been, you've been Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. I've been talking about a hard drive upgrade on the podcast for quite a long time, and here's a little more detail behind it. Older laptops, older computers, maybe four or five years old, the hard drives that came with them just simply were not built for Windows 10. A new hard drive from Tailored Computers and Repair will breathe brand new life into your laptop and computer. Not only will it make it faster, but it will make your laptop battery last longer and it will run cooler, which will also help the battery last a lot longer. Not only does your computer or laptop get even faster, but all of your files, settings, pictures, everything is exactly where you left it. Within about a day, maybe two days, you're going to get your same computer back but it's going to run faster, cooler, and the battery's going to last longer on laptops. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Find out what a hard drive upgrade can do for your computer and get some valuable time back. This is the Dump and Chase podcast. We're trying to model ourselves after what you guys have done a little bit. Voice of the Phantoms and friend of the show, Mr. Matt Lipsack. I, I am along for the ride and perhaps provide some modicum of adult supervision here, although really that's a lost cause at this point. We welcome back Phantoms president Andrew Goldman. It yeah. went smoother than it did with Matt. I want that added. <laughs> to the, I want that added. <laughs> shaking your head now for i'm agreeing with you because oh. he has absolutely killed us this year well so far finger guns has meant sam shut up so yeah that's that's not helping i'm trying to process okay check out the dump and chase podcast every wednesday on western reserve radio youtube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts listen that like was frightening
I would like to take a minute to tell you about a company that I've used countless times, Crawford Plumbing. It was founded back in 2004 by my good friend, Pat Crawford. Pat's experience, attention to detail, and hard work ethic is what holds him apart from his competitors. Pat specializes in service work and remodel projects for the Lincoln and Hickman areas. Pat is always my first call when something in my house isn't working from a plumbing standpoint, and he is always willing to take my text or call any time of the day. So if you need some plumbing help, make sure to call Pat with Crawford Plumbing today at 402-525-8599. Or you can find him on Facebook at Crawford Plumbing. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, crap, where did my mouse go? We have lost the mouse. We lost the uh, the, the stream feed. So, uh. so guess hey what? there, we're back. Uh, Knoxville Nationals kicking things off. We're in hot laps right now. I think it's hot laps. Yes, it is yeah, hot, laps. hot laps. Yeah. Uh, what do we what do we want to start first? I know we put out the question of the week. Um, what your favorite outlaw memory was? We had a lot of comments on on Facebook and Twitter. A lot of them were just winners, like when Tim Schaefer won, when Jason Johnson won. Not a whole lot of stories. Do you have a? Uh, the only story uh, that I can really say is. Um, and it was mentioned last week with Wade Unger uh, about uh, Max Dumpsony beating Wolfgang and, and Kinzer in the, I, I think it was either the race of states or the mystery feature on, on a Friday night. Um, that race confirmed why I will not be a sprint car driver because the... Because the, the, they have talent? The massive... <laughs> the massive slide jobs that they were throwing going into um, three and into one uh, and clean, never made contact, but man, they were going, it was an amazing race. And, and I knew that I would never have the balls to do that. So I confirmed that night that I'm going to be a fan from forever because those guys put on one hell of a show that night. You know, a lot of the stories that Brandon wanted me to talk about, I have some side stories. I was debating on whether or not I wanted to talk about any of them. I want, I want good stories. And like, like <laughs> I have good stories. I mean, I will say most of mine included alcohol at some point. See, I didn't have that. See, so like one year, there was one year we were driving to Knoxville for the nationals and I had to use the restroom after we stopped in, I can't remember what town it was. And I was like, I gotta go to the bathroom and there was no stops. And so I was like, all right, let's just pull over. And it was nighttime and I it was this field. I remember running out there and just going to the bathroom and like, I was like, I don't have any toilet paper or nothing. And it was you nasty. I'm like, what do I do? And there's like leaves. And like, so then we get back in the car to go back to the, the interstate. And literally there is a gas station, like two minutes up the road. And I was like, <sighs> who was driving? Actually, I think Nate was driving. Yeah. At the time. He, he knew he knew. <laughs> And I think on that same exit, if you would have turned right instead of left, you would have actually went to a Walgreens. And I was like, son of a gun. <laughs> so one of mine, uh, a, lot of, a lot of these memories include Mike Peterson too. So, I mean, if you know Mike Peterson, you know where this is going to go. We spent, it was, uh, I want to say it was 2007, 2008-ish. Uh, we're leaving the Dingus, and uh, we all know what happens out there. We're walking back to our campsite down by the high V, and there's this guy group of guys walking walking towards us one of them was wearing a billy alley shirt mike looks over billy alley he fucking sucks guy kind of turns around does a double take points to mike goes you're wearing a billy alley t-shirt he's like oh yeah so that's how the conversation started we're like grief you know yeah we're from lincoln (laughs) you know we billy doesn't suck but mike being a smart ass self just has no filter out there and (laughs) 
made some friends that night and we talked racing and uh needs to say we didn't go back to the campsite we went back over to dingus and had a few more beers with those guys that's the great thing about knoxville is there's always everybody's usually pretty friendly i mean i can tell you stories uh there was a there was a group of friends that we always met at knoxville uh there's a group of kids from minnesota nebraska and uh there was one other state but i can't remember we all camped in the same area so we all hung out together we got kicked out of the swimming pool every year on saturday For because what? we we, we, we do a lot of stupid stuff we, we tried to get little wendy peppercorn incident there what <laughs> a little wendy peppercorn incident <laughs> uh, i should know what that's about Sandlot. The oh kid, the kid wait. faking drown and get mouth to mouth from the hot oh. lifeguard Oh, no, <laughs> no, we, we tried to get kicked out because we got kicked out for, we got suspended for a year. Well, oh, we, guess we what? We were back for another year. Yeah. Um, there was one time we lost a guy. We couldn't find him and we couldn't find him. We searched the campgrounds ever. We couldn't find the guy. Well, the next day we were walking around still trying to find him. And we looked up and at this time there was a scaffolding outside of turn four where the, the TNN's cameras were. He went to his camp, grabbed a pillow and a blanket, <laughs> climbed up on top of the scaffolding, and and slept all night on a on a one by tw- or a two by twelve board. It's amazing he didn't fall off. No there. shit. But yeah, wow. he he was passed out drunk, and he he climbed up there and he slept on top of that scaffolding uh, uh, that night. Uh, as Good just, grief. That's just what happens. Alcohol, stupid things. The stories are endless. Really, they so. are. There's there was one year, uh, I was at turn three. Uh, we know, also all know how that goes. Josh might not. Yeah. A little, little, little sides bar and grill action there after the races. Uh, somehow I picked up an Australian accent. I was hammered. I mean, I was. And how does that sound? I can't do it now. <laughs> I, I really can't. I was shit-faced. It was the, not, it was the year I, I, I believe I was staying with you, Brad, one of, those, one of those years. And I cannot shake this accent all night long. I had an Australian accent for the rest of the night. I mean, I, everybody I talked to, it was, it was there. It's like, I have no idea how I picked it up. But uh, well, I mean, a lot of good times, though. I mean, uh, me and Randy Frank, a photographer from California, also paints awesome helmets and designs race car T-shirts, uh, talking about picking up D-Main chicks because, you know, the A-Mainers were way too hot for us. <laughs> so we had to settle for our, for our class and find somebody from the D-Main. <laughs> Um, we did, I did post out, you know, with a, a phone number for everybody to call. Mm-hmm. We had one person call. So why don't we hear from Ashley? Good afternoon, gang. This is Ashley Hunnam from Dirt Empire Magazine, fulfilling your request to call in with my national story. So I have two. I have a good one and I had a bad one, but they're both good memories of Knoxville. You see, my parents started going to Knoxville in 1978. To this day, I still purchase the same ticket that they originally purchased in 1978. They have been our seat, and the people I sit around with at Knoxville in our seat have been there for well over a decade and have watched and watched me grow and help raise me. In fact, Knoxville Raceway has helped raise me in many ways. So my dad and my mom were weekend regulars. They came every weekend. My dad worked their shift at Farm Mall so many times. My mom would drive while he, while he slept on the way back home to the Quad City. It's about two and a half hours, three hours from Knoxville. In that time, my dad amassed a lot of great friends, including Ralph Capitani, Doug Clark, Jim Roush, and, of course, people that I call my God family, like Christy Woodruff and Jeff Woodruff and uh, the Deavers, Tim Deaver and Dennis Deaver and Greg Deaver. So 
When my dad passed away in September 12th of 2003, it actually happened to be the same year that one of his friends we also lost. His name was Keith Hutton. I'm sure everybody knows the story about losing Keith on August 12th, 2003, one month exactly before my dad passed away. I was 17 years old, and on Sunday mornings before Knoxville, or before we went home from Knoxville, we would sit and eat breakfast with Keith, Jenny, and everybody from the racetrack before we made our track back to Illinois. Uh, when I was 16 years old, I had the opportunity to go to Australia as a student foreign exchange student. And if you're a racetrack fan, especially a Knoxville fan, of course you want to go to Australia, right? It was Jenny and Keith who convinced my dad that it was okay for him to let his only daughter at 16 years old go halfway across the world on her own as a student exchange. Thank God for them, right? Ironically, the week after Keith passed away, my dad, who was only in his 50s at the time, shared with me all of the details that he would want if something were to happen to him that tragically happened to Keith and his life too short. I was 17. I brushed it all off. I didn't think much about it. Um, in that time, I just kind of never, you know, put it all together. I just kept it in the back of my head. You know, things that he would want to wear, people he'd want to be his pallbearers, where all the important paperwork were. You know, things at 17 years old, you're just like, whatever, I'm never going to need this information. A month later, we lost my dad to a tragic heart attack, and I was able to plan my dad's funeral because, ironically, my mom did not have any of the answers that my dad had given me. We buried him in a Jack Cotton Show t-shirt, his favorite driver, of course, and everybody raided my closet from high school and wore racing t-shirts to my dad's funeral. There is a four-wide sprint car um, engraving on his headstone of the last four wide salute that he saw in 2003 at the Sprint Car National. So even more so, when I lost my dad at 17 the following year, I decided that I was going to attempt to be uh, in the Knoxville National Queens Contest, being close family friends with Christy Woodruff, who now runs the Queens Contest. It was kind of a, you know, a following in the footsteps kind of thing. I was excited to be a part of it. The year that I was in the Queens Contest, the, ha the Queens Contest went out to a sponsor dinner prior to the contest starting and introduced themselves to different um, individuals at the sponsor dinner. I happened to meet this gentleman. I never did get his name. Shook his hand, told him who I was. He asked me who my dad was. I told him, and he began to tell me the stories of my dad playing poker in the Arizona barns after the races, you know, those infamous poker games that everybody hears about when they talk about Steve Kinzer and Mark Kinzer and all of the guys playing poker after the races. Well, apparently, unbeknownst to me, because I thought my dad was pretty straight-laced until this conversation, I learned that my dad played the poker games after the races with the drivers. Also, throughout the years since then, people have delightfully told me some of the insane stories that my dad was a part of that sprinkle about, you know, front car racing history, like the bus, the imaginary bus that would get drove around after the races with all of the drinkers and fun havers and um i hear occasionally my dad might have had a hand in stealing the water truck and taking it down on the square of knoxville and leaving it um heard fun great stories about uh trying to help him work on his car during nationals and maybe taking out some parts of a farmer's cornfield in the process in the middle of the night um i would always um call my Bob family, Tim, I would always call him Barney during nationals because he always had a purple fire suit, and I would teach all the little kids sitting at the end of the pit uh, to call him Barney. So one year, I think I was like 16, 17, I thought it was really funny. He always had the Australians that would come up, and they would stay in his shop during the week, and he would work on cars, you know, normal cars, during the week at his business. So they had to do some work on one of my dad's vehicles while we were there. So I brought this Barney that you could squeeze his hand, and he would sing an I Love You song. 
and those Aussies would push that Barney's hand every single time they walked past that truck um, to play that song because they knew that I called Tim Barney. Um, I don't think I've ever lived that down, and I'm pretty sure Tim would still threaten to put me out in the middle of Lake Red Rock while I was sleeping if I ever brought it back up again. Um, but, yeah, uh, if you want some great stories about Knoxville, there's just a few. Um, I know not a lot of people know my history. I've just started writing for the last two years for Dirt Empire. All right, we want to thank Ashley for calling in. Uh, the only brave soul to do it, so everybody else that listens <laughs> that doesn't have the guts to do it. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah I did it one year, remember? Last year. Yeah, and now you're on the show. What the hell went on there? Maybe, maybe it'll, promotions happened off of that phone call, I'm no, thinking. not at all. <laughs> Feel free to call in and give us something to talk about. Uh, so I got another story. We, you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier um, off air that Dingus closed because Josh wasn't quite sure what turn three was or the size bar and grill for some reason. But Dingus closes at what, 145? Uh, alcohol sales end at 2 o'clock. Oh, that's right. This story. So, so there's a mad rush from Dingus to the high V to get beer. So everybody's walking out with cases. And you, you mentioned the... the uh, the county sheriffs to watch everybody walk from the high V and walk back to the fairgrounds. Well, in Knoxville, Iowa, you can have open containers on the fairgrounds. Fairgrounds only. So as long as, long as you don't step across the sidewalk, you're golden. So we're out there. It's got to be 4 o'clock in the morning or so. And this is not, this is not a me story. It's, it's another Mike Peterson story. But he's out there with Matthew Stelzer. And everybody's drinking it. And all that beer that everybody went and bought at 2 o'clock in the morning is now slowly disappearing. Everybody's consuming it all, Josh. You look confused. What? They do that? So one guy walks up to, uh, to Mike and, and Matthew Stelzer, who have a what appears to be a full case of Bud Light. Guys, I'll give you $20 for the rest of your beer right there. And, Matt's, and Matt and Mike look at each other. Oh, okay, we can do that. Well, this guy's drunker than shit. Fumbling through counting money, trying to count out the $20. Meanwhile, Mike Peterson is taking cans of that Bush Light or Bud Light, pulling it out of his case and handing it off to another buddy. That full, what appeared to be a full uh, case of beer, now turns into about four beers left. So the guy paid $20 for four beers. It's about the same <laughs> he paid at the racetrack, really. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, hats off to Mike for being. Uh, Sober enough to uh, Thief. to uh, take advantage of that situation because uh, I, w- I probably would have done the same thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, like one story that I remember was one of my first or second year I was there. I had bought one of the Sammy Swindell oh. hats, the hats with the wings, right? And me and Nate are sitting in the back stretch, and it starts downpouring. And they're like, well, we're going to we're try to have the race, you know, the stands clear. Me and Nate are the only guys sitting in the stands, and I got this hat on. And Nate's like, well, maybe it'll stop raining. I'm like, yeah, it'll stop raining. You know, it, it, it's got it, you know. And then not thinking anything of it. And then all of a sudden you hear thunder and you're going, okay. Still not thinking anything of it. And Nate's looking at me like, is he going to understand what, what's going to happen? And I was like, not thinking. And then all of a sudden lightning struck. Josh doesn't think. <laughs> lightning struck over by the front stretch. And I'm like, huh. And Nate's like, you do know you have one of those wing hats on that has metal, right? on your head and i'm like all right we need to leave and so it was brad super fast downstairs <laughs> this explains it all maybe i got hit with lightning it that explains day. it all right there folks <laughs> i think it's because i had a now Sam- we know why josh is the way josh is maybe it's because i had a sammy hat on light it was too bad for the lightning to hit it well, that's why you, that's why you didn't get hit <laughs> oh too fast. sammy car 
<laughs> so we could go on with we we, we could another so. thing with na- nationals coming around is is paint schemes mm-hmm. or, or reps. Uh, any of them stick out to you guys? Carson Macedo's uh, green, the green, the green weenie. Yeah, I think it's a pretty sharp car. It uh, really pops. Uh, you can see the sponsors. Um, I like Donnie Schatz's clean. I like white cars. Uh, Josh, you and I talked about that mm-hmm. before the show. Um, I think that that uh, Geo Celsius is um, no offense to you guys out there, but uh, ugly as hell. But I think it Brad is doesn't, ugly as hell. Brad doesn't like it because of the brightness of the colors on the actual car. Because you said the rendering you actually like. The artist rendering looks pretty cool, but the the actual product did not turn out nearly as good. Um, Brandon Wimmer's car is really hard to see. It's black with fluorescent purple, maybe. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's like it's a hard to see a, a metallic, like kinda, a luster metallic. Kind of like Sheldon Hodenschild's car. It's pretty sharp. Um, but other than that, uh, the, the Swindell Speed Lab one is is okay. Um, I like the, I, I, I like, like the Speed Lab car. I like Carson Macedo's the best. The, I like I like Kevin Kevin's car, the Swindell car. It's I don't know. I, I like the, the color scheme, the white with the blue and the pink. It looks yeah. really good. I like that a lot. So do you guys like like it how people, you know, during Nationals bring cars like that, like specialty cars? Because I've gotten asked for like the 305 Nationals to do specialty cars. And, you know, the hard part about that is you're given a month to do it or less. And you got to pay, let's say, 800 bucks to $1,000 to maybe win 500 bucks or that. Is it, is it truly worth it? I mean, I understand it for the Knoxville Nationals for sponsors and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, for sponsors. I think if sponsors then step up and want to do something different, I mean, put that bill on the sponsorship. It shouldn't come out of your yeah. pocket. Yeah, I mean, to me, you have somebody sponsor that part of it, and we don't sponsor something like that only because everybody would want us to do it then. Yeah, I think it's a great talking point. It gives people stuff to talk about leading up to the race, so uh, I'm all for it. Yeah, I, I get the expense of it. Um, but uh, if a sponsor wants to promote their, their product, uh, a special way, absolutely. And there's been some really, really cool, uh, paint schemes over the years. But, uh, uh this year, uh, I think that, uh, Macedo and Shotzi have, have the nicest ones. Well, I really like uh, buddy Kofoid's the, the white 11 car. That's a pretty sharp one as well. Isn't that his normal one though? No, it's is always, it, it is was, it different. Okay. It was black. Yeah, it was different. It had, had a white body. I think the other one had a black body. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Cole Macedo's is pretty. Yeah, sharp. I thought Cole's is pretty cool. I mean, it kind of mimics his brothers, but at the same time, it gives it its own little flair to it. Right. Well, I like the idea of doing it. I think it's kind of cool and gets people talking and and um, just builds the excitement of the event. Well, I always remember shot. Isn't shots or no? Steve Kinzer had a Hulk car. I always thought yep. that was cool because he had a reflective on it and it. The, the Hulk, Hulk car was an Eagle Raceway exclusive. Yeah. Was it really? Only yeah. ran at Eagle. Hmm. I got a picture of it that, of a glow in it. It's pretty pretty sweet. Because we did one year, we did uh, Johnny Herrera when he did. Wait, you got a picture, Brad? You were taking pictures back then? <laughs> I snuck a camera in. But like Johnny Herrera one year did the yellow with the, the starburst thing. And I always thought that was pretty cool. I mean, we use vinyls we don't usually use every day just to try something different. And we were given free reign. That Herrera car was not cool. <laughs> I know which one. Are you talking about the yellow one or yeah, the black one? The yellow I, one. I did not like that yellow one. Jeez, Debbie Downer over here. I'm just saying. Well, there was one car I really liked that I, I lettered. It was a uh, Kenny Lang. We spent four to five hours putting scallops on it, and literally he tore the car up in hot laps. 
And it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> thank, God, thank God in two laps, someone got a picture of it. It was like, oh, but yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm more partial to the cars I do, but we all, we all know like you, you like the ones you do or the ones you've done. Hey, how many of my cars win best appearing? Stu Snyder won best appearing at the 305 down in Belleville. And then I got crap from Stan about how it's just sponsors and some graphics on it. It is, it is just <laughs> well, sponsors. What else are you supposed to put on <laughs> Right, <that>? exactly. <laughs> it's actually a throwback car. I can't help but throwback back in the day. You didn't put much on I'm, it. I'm a person that likes simple, simple cars. I don't like all the gaudy. I mean, Blackbeard produces some great stuff, but it's not my preference. Brian Brown, in my opinion, has one of the prettiest cars out there. It's white. The sponsors pop. You can read the sponsors at speed. It's clean. A little bit of red in there. That's the kind of stuff. And that's why I like shots. Is uh, Josh, you said you like shots mm-hmm. too. I do like it's, shots. It's clean. It's simple. It, but uh, but yet there's. Uh, I think it's a pretty sharp looking car. When I like Birch's car, I mean the Team Jack car. In all honesty, it is the repeat, just flipping the colors to white to be like the white midget was. But one thing I always thought that it's cool that Birch does that no one else does is his numbers alone are reflective. So the only thing that glows on his that car, should be banned. <laughs> Every photographer thinks it <laughs> but should it be banned. looks cool. I mean, when he's coming down the straighter in, in these lights that you see, I even saw it when we were watching him do hot laps. It it shows up and it's pretty neat to see. All right, let's talk picks. Oh boy, who's going first? Let's do rookie of the year first. That way we don't. I don't start even know with. who's a rookie. You're the one who put rookie of the year picks. Uh, yeah, because uh, Josh sent a text message. I'm like, let's do picks I'll with start. rookies of the year. I got Buddy Kofoy for rookie of the year. Yeah, <laughs> that's who I got. That's a tough decision here. I guess that's how I'm taking too, because that's uh, no wait no. You know what? Fuck that. I'm taking Cole Macedo. He's my uh, one of those picks. I, I really like Cole. I've never met the guy, but what he's doing over in Ohio. Uh, they they do with the Linder clan. Uh, that I, I really like Cole uh, Macedo. So if Buddy doesn't win it, I want Cole to do it. Yeah, rookie of the year, I'm taking Cole Macedo. Who are you taking tonight? For the pick to win? Yeah, pick to win tonight, Thursday I got, night. I got Donnie Shots. Or Wednesday night. <laughs> I got Shots, too. <laughs> I, I think you're going to be hard-pressed not to beat Shots tonight. Um, um, but right, I, also so picked, I, I also picked Geo too. I mean, Gravel could probably do it. Mm-hmm. Um, gravel's always fast and marks so i think it's going to be shots gravel and marks in the top three i'm surprised brad didn't pick marks as the winner mm. over shots i just like shots is what he's doing the last couple of days last couple of races so who's your guys' dark horse for tonight mine's don drow jr gotta go with what do you classify as a dark horse that's a really dark horse <laughs> hey this guy had t- the quickest time for how many years and how many wins did that produce well, not quick very, time does well, not, track records weekly. does not produce wins. <laughs> hey, I, um, I understand. I don't know that. who my dark horse would be on on tonight's race. Um, no clue. I'm not silent. picking a dark horse because yeah, I'm not either. So um, who who is your pick for tonight to win, Brandon? You didn't really. I mean, you kind of said some names, but you didn't really. Yeah, you did didn't you, mention a name. You didn't actually say a name. I'll take gravel. Fuck it. Okay. <laughs> He's like, uh, okay, hold on, I gotta think. for argument's sake, I'll take marks then. So, marks, shots, and gravel. Yep, there you go. All right, Thursday night. I got funky car on Cole Macedo. Funky Cole Macedo. I like Cole that name. Macedo. I'm surprised you didn't pick Brownie. No, I don't think Brownie's not there. Gonna this win. Year? No. Brownie's gonna win Thursday night. Nope, <laughs> mark my words. Brian Brown, 
Five dollars says negative Ghost Rider. I'm going with Rico on Thursday night. He's always good on preliminary nights. So did we say that we can't pick Larson just because that's an obvious obvious pick? <laughs> it feels a little dirty to say his name. <laughs> Seems too easy. It's kind of like picking shots, I guess. So I guess I get kind of thrown in there. I don't think Sweet's <laughs> going to do it. Uh, he's he's right there, but uh, um, Macri's right there. But uh, I just Baston's right there as well. But I think Macedo's going to take it uh, Thursday. And then who's who's Saturday's pick? I'm going to let you guys pick first because I don't think I'm going to take the pick I had. Kyle Larson, back-to-back champ. More than likely, but I'm not going to. I I. I it will be Kyle Larson, but I'm not going to pick him. So who's your pick? Uh, He's trying to look at the monitor to see no. who's racing. I want to take Brian Brown. I would love I, to see I'm going to ride that Brian Brown horse. My top five are Marks, Shots, Shukart, Macedo, and Gravel, and I got Gravel winning the whole thing. I got one guy that Brad did not mention, Brad Sweet. I think Brad Sweet's going to win. Three. I did say Shots. That's what I had written Brad down, Sweet's, I'm picking uh, Shot. I was picking Sweet. No. Sweet just hasn't had it this year. Three wins this year? Yeah, he just hasn't Not, had it. When were the last three wins? The last couple of races. Just one. Just one. Just one. He won Ironman. Yeah. And he won That's in Pennsylvania. One. That was from the Pennsylvania. That was weeks ago. <laughs> Dang it. And then when was when was the one before that? Wasn't it down in Florida? Hey, he, he is very good. He's very good. There's absolutely <laughs> no question about no, that. No, yeah, he's... He's been a consistently top four or five car, and that's that's about it. Do you think this is the highest chance this year for a first-time winner? Um, yeah, because Marks... I mean, is, it's wide open. I mean, Marks yeah, could I mean, be a first-time. Macedo could be a first-time. Um, Rico Macri. Brian Brown. Brian Brown. Based in Brown. Absolutely. Shukart. Uh, he's starting to, well at least a Sunday he figured and one it out. guy we did not mention who absolutely has the ability to do is Sheldon yes yeah. Sheldon I mean he right just there. has to put a a, put a solid weekend together yeah if he can do that he's got a definitely got a shot at it we'll find out tonight how well he does all right before- I, I also want to shout out to Kyle Yardley uh, he was a, a, a guy that uh, stopped me in Pella last Saturday and talked to at me that about point? the no, for, oh, so, for, for his pastries. He had pastries. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, talked about uh, the, the, the podcast and how much he enjoyed it. So uh, we really like hearing stories about that. So I, it was good to put uh, a name to a, a face to a name. So appreciate that. Kyle, uh, thanks for uh, stopping me and, and chatting a little bit. And I uh, hope you enjoyed those pastries because I know I did. Definitely. So I think we're going to have to wrap things up because uh, wife Josh, Josh's wife is going to get pissed off and kick us out here soon. So, uh, and we got to watch some races. Yeah. Like I said, hot laps. Uh, qualify, we're in qualifying we're right in now. Qualifying PPM already. is uh, on the knob right now. Your buddy Mark, Brent Marks. And Sanders in the Swindell car. Right up there. I mean, but we're nine cars in. So a lot can change here before the end of the night. So everybody, thanks for tuning in to episode 66 of the, uh, the Quick Time Podcast. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe to the uh, the channel. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast stuff. Uh, those reviews definitely help out. So uh, we want to thank you, and uh, we'll talk to everybody uh, next week. Yeah, Appreciate you guys.